welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. My name is Pierce, and as I usually have with me, Caroline is here. Hello. Hey. Hey. Live from John Paul Jones Arena, actually. Right. Home of the, not sure if you knew, reigning national champion Virginia Cavaliers. It's In media day, basketball y'all. or lacrosse? Yeah, you have to be more well, specific with the national true. championships, Caroline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our guest is already rolling her eyes, and it's <laughs> approximately 45 seconds. <laughs> And we do have a special guest this episode. Uh, do the honors, Carolyn. Yeah, my BFF Lauren Brownlow is here. You might know her from all of the great coverage in the triangle area of the UNCs, the Dukes, and the NC States of the world, as well as on SB Nation's very own podcast, an ACC podcast, which you can find on our feed multiple times a week. Um, and so, Lauren, welcome. Thanks for coming back. Hi, of course. Anytime, because you've certainly done me the favor more than once already on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun. And uh, plenty to talk about, uh, both Triangle and ACC and, and Virginia uh, specific. I, I mean, we, we want to dive right into it. I know we got limited time to talk about the Who's and their disappointing loss on the road uh, to a Louisville team that is certainly better than last year's Louisville team. But I, I think this was a game that showed a lot of continuation with the frustrations uh, that we've had. Uh, about UVA's offensive performance, uh, particularly on the road this year. So, uh, Caroline, I'll let you jump in first. What, what were some takeaways uh, from that? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you know, Virginia's five and three now. Um, I thought they'd be five and two at this point, or six and two at this point. So, I'd pick the Louisville loss early in the season. I did not do it this yeah, week. Yeah, but you and came back and was, changed it. <laughs> I came back and changed it. So my preseason one was right. Um, it, it, Louisville is definitely, like you said, definitely a much better team than last year. They're, I would say even like at this point, they're playing well. The disappointment comes obviously in not performing as well against an, a defense that people have said like is one of the worst in the league. Like, what does this mean about everything? For sure. Um, and you look at the fact that here's how things go. And this is something that's similar for basketball. And I, this is a nice reminder before we start the season. Yes, this was disappointing. Uh, in my mind, not nearly as disappointing as the Miami game. <laughs> Um, but not a single person would have thought that Virginia would be undefeated at this point in the season. Um, losses are going to happen. And generally, when you lose, you play like trash. So these things are going to happen. You're right. The underlying stress of it, I think, comes from the fact that it's a lot of the issues that people have been stressed about for several weeks, even in some of the wins. Um, so, you know, is this offense is, is the offense really in trouble? How healthy is Bryce? Is a healthy Brennan Armstrong better than a 70% Bryce? Is Bryce even at 70%? How is he feeling now? So these are all the questions that came up after that game. Um, and it's tough. Again, you know, the, the defense I thought had an outstanding first half. And now you're starting to see some injuries and issues pile up where maybe it looks like four starters is the limit for what Virginia's defense can handle losing because not having Jordan Mack in the second half exposed a lot of issues um and obviously you don't want to say like oh one guy they should be able to replace him but when you look at you know Darius Bratton Rob Snyder normally would have come in for Jordan Mack in the situation he's out for the season um Bryce Hall obviously a huge loss and then Jordan Mack is not lost for the season thankfully just the first half against Carolina but losing a player like that in the first half against a game that will likely decide the Coastal is, is uh, a little bit tough Absolutely. And I, I, 
I don't think it's downplaying to say uh, that losses happen, and particularly on the road, and that Louisville isn't like the basement of this conference, but statistically their defense is. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that's that got to be the most yeah. frustrating thing is not only is yes. it echoing the, the, the problems that they've had against good to great teams and, and some other uh, level of teams, but against, you know, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They, it's the they goddamn it turnovers. Like, the, I know that no one uh, wants to turn it over, but, like, the turn when Virginia has the ball, this is the argument people make about basketball. When Virginia has the ball as long and as few times as they generally do in the, over the course of the game, you can't turn the ball over from guys who are reliable like Joe Reed in the opponents, you know, inside the red zone. Like, that, dev, that was a devastating drive. Bryce throwing another interception at the end of the first half that was on a drive where you're going to get points out. They were cruising. So there were moments where the offense was cruising and doing good things and you have to capitalize. You can't shoot yourself in the foot like that. And that's the difference I think from the first, first couple games to now is we were early in the season, like this team won't beat themselves right now. They're beating themselves. And that's what's making me mad. (laughs) <laughs> Lauren, uh, you might not be as invested emotionally into UVA's success as, as the two of us. So, so what's a, what's your perspective of, of what you're seeing from, from Virginia? I mean, I'm definitely invested into Bryce Perkins because I love him <laughs> and he's great and I hate to see him like this. Um, yeah, I think like what Caroline said, they, they can't afford to give up scoring opportunities because this is not a Virginia team that's going to get a lot of explosive plays. They have to be able to score when they get a drive going and they get inside the red zone. I mean, they just have to. And that's been an issue that's haunted them at times in their losses. And, and that's that to me, that's the biggest takeaway. Like when they, they're going to have to have some of those methodical drives that take a little bit of time, but they can't make those mistakes that beat themselves, whether it's a turnover, like Caroline said, or just getting behind the chains at all, because they just don't, they have, they have guys that can make explosive plays. It's not impossible, but they just don't have a lot of that big play potential. And so they have to be able to hang on to the ball. And what you guys said about the defense makes a little bit more sense because honestly, that was the jarring part for me because this defense has been so good all year, even against some really good offenses. But, you know, sometimes you just get enough injuries or enough absences or whatever it is that it's hard to overcome that. And I think that that explains a lot because that was the biggest eye catcher for me. I, I expected Louisville's offense, which has been pretty good, um, to do something, but I, I thought Virginia's uh, defense would be a little bit tougher for them to go up against. But yeah, it explains a lot yeah. of the sort of the final tally with what y'all were saying about uh, Jordan Mack and, and the rest of the injuries too. Yeah, I think if you look at like 28 points on paper for Louisville, you would think UVA's defense would probably uh, do better than that, uh, you know, all things being equal. Um, but it to me, it looked like if Cunningham had played the entire game, Louisville won, would have won by three scores. Right. You know, they, they barely, st- you know, they, they didn't look confident in stopping him in the first half. And then the Louisville did their rotation and that other guy was just trash. <laughs> and, and then the second half he plays for good reason, the whole half and, and looked, you know, converting third and long, making the plays that, that, that UVA wasn't making when they had the ball. Um, it, it, it certainly wasn't all on the offenses inability. But the defense can't bail out this team. No. And and if the defense is playing, you know, a five out of ten or a seven out of ten or or lower than that, however you would grade them, the offense doesn't have any ability to make up for it. It seems, and that's frustrating again because Louisville is so bad at defense. Um, it was yeah. just so crazy to see the difference between the first half and the second half to me yeah. again because I also like 
one of the things we praised early on was a lot of adjustments being made. I'm not saying that adjustments aren't being made or that Bronco was out coached by Satterfield. Satterfield's a great well, coach. Well, he was. And, really good. <laughs> and it shows – well, I mean, part of it, too, is, like, you lose – when you lose some of these possessions right like again like in the first half like things were going pretty smoothly they were moving the ball well the defense was getting especially yes it does help that they decided to put conley in at the two yard line like what are you doing to that guy like um but you look at the offensive line i thought looked the play calling was creative in the first half or like they were doing some of these things the offensive line was was getting space tala papa was fantastic in the first half yeah and then the question is why does he only get three carries part of it is you get behind or you get behind the chains or you you know the one play doesn't work and you now take a sack and like you know we've gone over this whole like you got to get rid of the ball faster like but he was averaging six over six yards a carry and the, yeah. the offensive line, were ma- they were making holes for him. They were doing things that were creative. They were running him, not, like, not just up the middle every time. And so – And then they just stopped. Yeah, <laughs> and they weren't, like, they weren't losing. They weren't playing for behind for most of that second half. You know, right. say, say what you will about being in second and long and third and long plenty, right. which makes sense. But um, I, 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 that was a huge question mark is yeah. what changed to not give – the running game an option uh, or the chance to, to, yeah. to succeed in the second half when it was working so well because Louisville's so bad at defense. <laughs> <laughs> also true. <laughs> Lauren, what do you think, you know, the who's showing two sort of sides of, of their ability home and away so far this season going into this weekend's game? It's an away game against a UNTC team that's been, I would say, relatively strong uh, this year, you know, depending on what aspects you're talking about there. I mean, this is, this is no cakewalk. I know I think Vegas still has it at a, as a pick em. How How are UVA fans going to feel confident that they're going to be improved? Well, um, so there's good news and bad news. The good <laughs> news is every game Carolina plays against a team that's half decent, and Virginia would certainly qualify as that, um, is the same. And it always comes down to the end. Just no matter what, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Like there has been literally one exception and it has been Georgia Tech. And that is not a half decent team in my opinion. So like literally every game has been played the same way. Like mm-hmm. it has come down to the fourth quarter and it has often come down to like the final possession of the game for North Carolina. Or the or sixth Carolina. overtime. Right. <laughs> right. Or sixth overtime. Sure. And it's been uh, bananas and weird. And there's been a lot of swings in the game. So while I would say on paper, if you look at sort of where North Carolina is, they have been unhealthy on defense, but they're getting a lot of defensive backs back right now, which is great news for them because they were down to like, like people were looking at the depth chart, like, are they going to have a wide receiver go in at DB because they are literally (laughs) running out of them. Um, They're getting a few guys back there. It looks like they're getting their starting center back this week on offense. So it's not good timing for Virginia in that sense, whereas Virginia is not quite as healthy. It looks like Carolina is getting a little healthier. Um, especially on defense. Um, Carolina's a weird team. At times they look awful on defense. At times they look really good. Um, sometimes in the same game, sometimes in the same drive. Like it's just a weird, it's certainly a weird thing. Um, you know, it, it's weird because like Jay Bateman has had his moments as their defensive coordinator where he's had some really good game plans and they've made some decent offenses look pedestrian. And then sometimes they've made some offenses that have been pedestrian to that point, like Virginia Tech look amazing um you know and some of that was injury like I said but then some of it is just like what are you guys doing 
So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's really no way of telling what, def- what Carolina defense that you're going to see. They have a good front. When they have their defensive backs healthy, they have good ones, but they're, they don't have a lot of depth beyond that starting range of guys um, in terms of – and their tallest cornerback is out, so guys with tall receivers – uh, teams with tall receivers can make plays against them. That's why Mac Brown thought that Duke would, would run a fade on that last play because um, they just, you know, there was nothing they could do to stop it. Virginia Tech did that, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Harris just couldn't hit a fade, and that's part of why they did that. But regardless, yeah, like that's, that's just sort of something defensively they've been a little better and worse than I thought. They've got some really good individual players, but as a team, their performance is sort of all over the map. But Duke's offense has been pedestrian all year. And it looked pedestrian for most of that game against North Carolina. So take of that what you will. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe before I, I want to hear a little more about UNC specifically, because I haven't watched as much as you guys uh, as far as their games go. But before we do that, can you take me through the ending of that Duke UNC game? I just I have never, we have to unpack it. Kansas, Texas Tech ended the way that it did with that like attempted lateral after the blocked field goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually still not sure which ending was weirder because I yelled and part of it's like Virginia fans wanted Duke to win because it puts Virginia at first place by themselves and whatever, whatever. But I yelled. I was like, what was that? But see, like that wasn't, see to me that, that pass play, the jump pass, uh, the pop pass or whatever, that wasn't even the weirdest part of it for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. That whole drive was bananas. And David Cutcliffe was making clock management decisions that I was literally like, what? Does he know what down is, what's going on? Like I'm sitting there in the press box, like, like that fourth down play they ran where they, there's the face mask on Quentin Harris. Mm-hmm. A, they didn't have to face mask him to tackle him. Like that play was stopped. The game would have been over. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are you doing? And then like, there were several times where he wasn't calling a timeout and I was like, uh, what? And like Carolina bailed them out a lot on that drive with defensive penalties. Um, and I just was, but I was sitting there like, and I respect David Cutcliffe so much. Like he's a great coach. But I was like, I thought he was drunk. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it was one of the worst, like, end-of-game drives. And it, it worked, just baffling. Way, right? Like, yeah. it just – none of it made any sense. Um, like I said, Carolina bailed them out quite a few times. And I think some of that, from a Carolina perspective, was a little bit psychological. Sadly for them, they've had numerous times where they have fumbled on the goal line going in to, like, right. make it complete. <laughs> like, they insane. have experience with that, where they, <laughs> they just take control of a game, and it's like, not so fast. Um, and that's, you know, that's, it was like history repeating itself. I couldn't even believe the way it was playing out, but I was almost annoyed at like David Cutcliffe getting rewarded for some of that because I was like, he's making (laughs) terrible decisions right now. Like just the worst. Um, well, I love when you say, sorry, when you say history repeating itself is my favorite because I love, you talked about it, but Chaz Surratt was the one that intercepted it. Who's the linebacker, quarterback turned linebacker. And as a quarterback last season, he two hand pushed past it and got intercepted. Was it two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago, but it was against Duke. It was So apparently that ball has just been going through time (laughs) and And it it now came back. (laughs) Yeah, like it was a pick six that decided the game that put Duke up 10 at that point. And it looked horrendous. And everybody's like, what, what the hell is that, dude? And then, like, he has – he essentially knew to look for the jump pass. And in real time, I thought that the, that Deion Jackson had two-handed passed it. But oh, it, yeah. it turned out he didn't. He just got hit in the chest, yeah. and it looked like an overhead pass. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, time really just came full circle for Chester Rat here. He's been so, so good. Like, yeah. I would – I've been really, really surprised by that. I thought he would be fine as a linebacker. I didn't think he'd be this. Like, he's he's been crazy good. He's making plays all over the place. So, yeah, it was good for him. Um, it was nice for, for him to see that because um, that was – you know, he got, like, memed and roasted for that two-handed <laughs> chest pass. 
uh, quite a bit. So that was pretty cool. Can you talk a little bit about uh, their their freshman quarterback who who's got some of the the moxie I think people want to see, but that's led to uh, plenty of ups and downs <laughs> so far for the Eels. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he there's something different about that kid for sure. He's just got that little extra. Um, sometimes when guys talk about an it factor with certain quarterbacks, you sort of roll your eyes. And there are times where the guys look the part, like, and this is, I don't mean this offensively to Mitch Trubisky, but like a Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> he looks the part of an NFL quarterback, but you just, you're missing like that little extra, like. Good. <laughs> like even just that little extra, like, I don't want to say killer instinct. That's so cheesy. I felt this way about Ryan Finley too, by the way. Like huh, there's right. just a little something extra missing that you just go, you know what? I don't know. Like. I it's like not a clutch gene I hate that too but there's just a little extra edge missing it's like yes they look the part and like yes the stats look fine but like when the moment when you need that person to make a play mm-hmm. and like howls that kid like he yeah. seems to like live for those moments like third and 14 great second and six nope like it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense I compared it recently and I, I don't want to don't don't think I'm comparing the two quarterbacks because I'm not uh-huh. but it, it, like when Trevor Lawrence looks off, you know, and then all of a sudden he'll make a throw that you're like, oh yeah, okay, that's why, like that's Trevor Lawrence. That's why people go crazy for him. Mm-hmm. Howell's kind of like that too, where like you might be like, God, he's playing like butt, and then he'll make a throw that you're like, oh man. Like you, he makes a throw that you go, and no offense to Quentin Harris, who's a lovely person, but you go, <laughs> Quentin, Harris can't, Quentin Harris can't make that throw. Like he just can't, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah, he has a little fearlessness to him. He will scramble around a lot to try to make a play happen, which, like you said, has been good and bad for them because um, sometimes he scrambles too much, doesn't get rid of it, gets takes a sack, or uh, he had a bad interception off of one of those last week because Duke's defense is good. Like, it's a mm-hmm. legit defense. And, um, you know, but he's he's got – and he's got some guys around him that have been almost as erratic. Sometimes those guys drop half the passes thrown their way. Sometimes they make crazy catches and – um, but he's got a pretty good group of wide receivers. He's got some good running backs. And getting back his starting center, I think, is going to help to um, bolster up that line because that line's been a little bit of an issue recently, too. UNC is just such an adventure this year. Like, all the <laughs> things you said is, like, so act. Like, UNC, I think the most out of any team in conference, ha- like, embodies the coastal the most. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I don't – and I'm not saying – like, we're all coastal. We're all coastal at heart. We all love the coastal. We're all part of the chaos. But I think UNC in each game this season has been like a microcosm of the coastal, like where it's like, we're in it. We're not in it. We're in it. Oh my God. Great play. Terrible play. What's happening? Like, and you never know what's going to happen. And it's always been like such a crapshoot. The weird thing though about them is that like as inconsistent as they can be, like their games all play out the same. Like that's, what's weird. Like it doesn't matter who they're playing. It's like, they all play out the same way. So it's like, you I mean, always know what you're getting. Yeah. They're, they're, it's a play here and there for being five and oh. I know that's a comment. You know, everybody's a couple plays here and there. And for being one and seven. Right, 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 right. <laughs> But that includes Clemson. I mean, you know, this, I know. this team. Believe me, no one was more shocked than me yeah. during that entire game. Like, I was like, what is happening right now? Maybe it speaks more to Clemson. <laughs> I don't think. Well, see, like, that, well, that game was stupid for like a variety of reasons. But. <laughs> Like, no, I, 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 it was a lot of, I think, like self-inflicted stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and for Clemson, in my opinion, like it wasn't like Carolina was just manhandling them at the line of scrimmage or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it was just, a, that's just how all their games played out. And it's been super weird. Even teams that kind of stink and, um, 
you know, probably like shouldn't be that close against them or whatever it is. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the good news for Virginia is that you'll probably be in it late. <laughs> Do you see this team um, as being one more susceptible to a defense like UVA's that wants to create pressure, that wants to be disruptive, uh, whether that be because, uh, you know, he's a freshman back there or just in general? Yeah, and I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not schematically going to compare the two necessarily, but Duke's defense wants to create a lot of pressure too. Um, and I think, you know, they, they gave Carolina a lot of issues for sure. Um, and I thought early on, especially Carolina really wanted to just pass, pass, pass. And once they really were like, we're going to establish the run now, like that's just what we're going to do. They started having some success, but, um, you know, that's easier said than done against Duke's defense and against Virginia's defense too. I mean, that's just not something that's super easy to do, but mm -hmm. um, they're going to have to do that to, to make Sam Howell be successful. Um, because yeah, you're right. Like he, he creates a lot of pressure. Virginia creates a lot of pressure. And, and that's something that, you know, Carolina's O-line is okay. And getting their starting center back will help, but it's not, it's still not like most O-lines in the ACC. It's still not very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, we're familiar with that yeah. a little too. But, <laughs> yes, you know. yeah. <laughs> and I know it's we every week on here you know we bounce around the same reasons for these frustrations all the fans know them at this point it, you know it, it's got to be some combination of of depth of O-line performance of Bryce Perkins performance and then obviously coaching both in preparation and schematics but also you know play calling and and everyone wants to harp on that all of that is obviously to blame, right? Like yeah. in any offense that's that's being frustrating, you're gonna be able to point at parts, uh, including all of that. What you've seen in Virginia is—is is there anything that's that's spoke you know, spoken to you as 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 a more a, a more frustrating part or a more a harder to explain part or is it just the big package of of all of that together not working uh, as a successful offense? Yeah, I think it's just the package for me because, like yeah. you said, it's never just one thing. It just really is. And I know fans like to think that, you know, like state fans locally are, are just freaking out over their quarterback play. And, you know, they've been pretty spoiled with quarterbacks here recently and had a nice run. But, like, if your O-line's not great, if your wide receivers have turned over, if you have new offensive coordinators, just all of that stuff's going to factor in. And like you said, I think it all – sort of works together when it comes to an offense and it could be just one blown assignment here or there and that puts you behind the chains and it puts you in a bad situation and you know it just kind of dooms your drives and I think if you can't get into a rhythm offensively that's just really problematic and I just I know I know and this is for Caroline I know Virginia has good wide receivers um <laughs> has a couple good wide receivers so I know that her, like <laughs> just respect to Cisse Dubois he is amazing and he is he's fantastic it's yeah <laughs> but it's just, and, and when I said that Bryce Perkins has to do it all, I, I sort of like, when I lump passing and rushing into the same sure, sort of umbrella. Sure. And I just feel like they've, and I understand why, but I just feel like they put so much on Bryce. And especially if he's not 100%, it's just, it's, he can't do it all by himself. He just can't. And I hate seeing him struggle like this because as he's somebody I really enjoy, you know, on and off the field. And that's probably been the most frustrating part for me is, is seeing, you know, sort of people say like oh see he's not that good and it's like no he, yeah, he's that's, so good you know I hate yeah. that I hate that for him um it's hard to watch if you know as somebody's Carolina Panthers fan it's hard to watch your like injured quarterback go out there and struggle and have people be like yeah. see this is why he sucks and it's like no <laughs> he doesn't suck like he's actually really tough and you're a terrible person but, but he's not without I mean again he's sure, like sure. we said he's not without those 
those faults. And as you said, Caroline, the that interception right at the end of the first half is a huge momentum thing. And there are a bunch of, you know, Max uh, getting ejected and, and such are, are other huge yeah. momentum yeah. things. But they're getting the ball back. They're driving, about to put on points and get the ball back to start the second half. Yeah. And they end up giving it away and then not getting points to set the second half. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, good teams. It was the worst possible situation. Don't <laughs> screw that up, particularly yeah. on the road. You know, it, it, and, coming off I mean, this that's huge momentum tough. of that first half, you could say we're putting this away and Louisville's going to know it. And instead uh, they don't. And, and, and well, we all saw, I, I, I don't want to hate on Bryce whatsoever, but uh, you know, I think the amount of hate we put on Anai or the O-line it's important to go. He's not making some of those amazing plays that he made last year with superhuman consistency. And that's just whether it's another year of of tape on him, you know, some experience or injury or it all comes into the, the, to me though, it, it comes back to every road game or some of the home games. It it's the same stuff over and over and over that is on coaching. Like, there's no other explanation to it. Like, you could say, well, they can only work with what they have, but they've been here for a while now, too, you know? And you and, and, and to me, the biggest frustration to me is it doesn't seem like they're setting up what they have to be as successful as they could be in yeah, the schematic. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And I think, you, you know, you see, like, for instance, um, there are teams around the league that have done a better job of hiding some of their O-line struggles. Like, I mean, up until last week, Duke did. I mean, they'd only allowed seven sacks before that Carolina game, and their O-line is not all that great. And, um, you know, Florida State has still a ghastly offensive line. And Kendall (laughs) Bryles – They move fast to hide that bad boy. Yep, they have – yeah. And so I think I totally get Virginia fans' frustration from that standpoint. Like, if you know you have an O-line that's struggling, you know, like maybe do some stuff to try to – try to, you know – work around that a little bit so I totally understand that but like like you said before it's never just one thing yeah um and, and I wonder it'll be interesting to me to see if Bryce can if Bryce goes this week or if they decide to like play a guy that's a little healthier and see what happens I mean that'll be interesting to see for me because I know he wants to go I know, oh, I know uh, he's yeah. gonna want to play for sure I, I yeah I don't know what to expect in terms of health I don't know that we've heard anything uh definitively but Caroline feel free to uh correct me if if you've got some inside scoops (laughs) there but Caroline I do want to I do want to know this game sets up to be just so disappointing right like considering (laughs) where we've where we've been with the optimism and the you know the fact that 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 we're not in the gutter anymore and we want to say this team has turned the corner is building a program this this would be a really really devastating emotional loss for the fan base. I think this, a deflating. You know, deflating it, it's is not going two loss. and ten. It's right. not losing to your rival fifteen years in a row. Oh, who would well, do we've that? Done that too. It's it's just it's just you know Lucy pulling the football away again at any sense of of optimism of of selling season tickets of filling Scott Stadium of being you know uh, and I've, I, I was saying to friends if we get relegated to 20 years of going and winning the Belk Bowl every year I'm for it you know like, that. <laughs> like that can great. be that can be Sign our role <laughs> in football and hopefully win some basketball championships still you know whatever like that's that's way better than having the miserable 
doldrums of, of going two and ten. But the, it's so tantalizing close, tantalizingly close, and it ha- it was just a few weeks ago that these road losses are just just to see another one is going to be so killer. So what 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 can I say to counter that? If the Who's lose Saturday. Sure. That's where I come in. Um, yeah, that's so, why I'm asking. No, you. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I think deflating is probably the best word. So even with I'm, – I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm not, I'm not a nerd. Um, <laughs> looking at the numbers, I think, like, because it's the coastal, all of these season goals could still exist even if this team – if Virginia loses at North Carolina. It gets immensely harder, and you now take things out of your own hands and all of that, and yada, yada, yada. When I look at most important things, I think part of this comes from with all of the extra stuff that Virginia fans have put on the team this season, partially comes from the fact that there are now external expectations as well as you just wanting to be like, don't go two and 10 and I'll be so stoked. So having these external, ex- like, I think we maybe myself included got a little bit ahead of potentially where this team is, is good, not great. They're solid, not perfect like they do things in these and the flaws are coming out in these road games where it is difficult to win remember there was a stretch of virginia didn't win a road game in the acc for like four right. seasons or something like it is tough like it's hard to do that's why teams at home are favored like yada yada all that good stuff especially when the conference has turned out to be more competitive than people initially thought which is i think a good thing like keep your atlantic where you know who's gonna win and it's like boring as hell like who's gonna get, get second whatever or keep your SEC, no one cares. AC Coastal is where it's at. So <laughs> it's just kind of like I look at it as my goal for this season is to go to a bowl game and to beat Tech. Those things are still on the table. Sure. Um, that's This is a tough time for this game with this pressure coming off of a road loss, like all of these things happening at once. Um it will be deflating. It won't be devastating or mean that the season's unsuccessful, in my opinion. Like, winning the Coastal and getting your ass kicked by Clemson is a goal. <laughs> it's not necessarily the end-all, be-all for this season. And honestly, I told Lauren this before. I was like, you can take me out of the group of people that wants Virginia to go to the Orange Bowl because nobody needs to get their ass kicked by Clemson and then get their ass kicked by LSU. Like, Virginia is not ready to play LSU. Virginia is not ready to play Florida. Virginia will probably maybe have to play Notre Dame again, which I actually wouldn't mind except for the fact that it's boring and we'd have to deal with their fans all over again. <laughs> but okay we're that. already playing Georgia <laughs> next year. <laughs> like, we don't need to end the season with Georgia and start Georgia the season. Georgia next year? Yeah, to open the season. Oh, dear God. Yeah, in Atlanta. So <laughs> that, oh. I look at it like, <laughs> get me a nice little trip to the camping bowl. I'll go to Orlando oh, and Belk Bowl or die. I don't they care. I just want Belk Bowl. No. <laughs> oh, send me to my lifetime contract. I'll go to Nashville. I'll go to the Uncommon James store and see Mrs. J. Cutler. It'll be great. Um, that, you know, like sign me up for that. So I, I look at it as like, I still think in this, you know, as we're getting close and I have to run for media day stuff. It's like, I look at this as like my pick. I still am going to pick Virginia. I think it's a close game. Virginia does match up well in certain situations. They can create havoc for, for Sam Howell. They can do some of these things. Bryce has to play smart. Like it's the same stuff we know that they can do of like, don't turn it over. Don't fumble it at the 20. Like, yeah. you know, I think this is a situation where they can make a statement, but the biggest, like I won't, when would I ever, but I'm not going to like sh- shit all over the team if they lose this game you know, seven overtimes, like, well, that would suck too. Oh, to be clear, suck. losing sucks, but you're not saying seven you... overtimes on me. Oh, what was that? Yes. <laughs> Please don't wish seven overtimes on me. <laughs> 
you're you're not saying you hope they don't make the ACC championship, right? No, I'm not saying that right. at all. I want them to win the Coastal. I just am saying, Oracle, be clear. send Wake to the Oracle. Yeah, but if, I think <laughs> send it's like, Wake is trivia. <laughs> it's likely it were were it all to work out. Yes, that they would end up in the Orange Bowl potentially. Yes. But potentially, depending on what Clemson, Wake, like Wake Forest, does. Right. Also, right. so if Wake Forest yeah. looks like definitely the second best team in the ACC, and they think that that's going to be the better, yeah, no, I, d- yeah, do not get me wrong. I want this right. team to win every game. I want them to go play their hardest against Clemson. <laughs> to right. go play their hardest against whomever they get in a bowl game. Um, it's just a matter of like, I, in thinking about some of these things where I was like, hell yeah, Orange Bowl, let's do it, Miami, let's go. <laughs> and then I looked at it and, and continued to watch like LSU and Georgia play as the season continued. And I was like, I would not like to do that actually. <laughs> sure. But, you know. So uh, before we get into to maybe predictions, um, I, if, if you're listening and curious, North Carolina and UVA are both three and two in conference. If, if Carolina wins, uh, they have at Pitt and at NC State remaining, uh, where Virginia has Georgia Tech at home and the Hokies at home. So if those further two games do work out perfectly for the Hoos, all is not uh, lost if they do lose in Chapel Hill. Uh, but that that's a, a big ask, though. Uh, not an impossible one. Crazy coastal hashtags. Um, you know, I, I know what you're saying in response to that question, though. Darn's like, if the Hoos lose this, if they don't win the coastal, but they do get to a bowl and they beat Tech, I think we're all going to be pretty happy. But 100%. it's still a huge missed opportunity. Absolutely, which, and that's which where always, the disappointment comes in. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the perennial thing is God. It, they're so close yeah. uh, you know right um, it's like this is the year you guys would have finally beaten tech and then you could have had the coastal if you didn't have this one loss so I right right miami oh, the God. miami I'm... loss will give me anxiety from for well why not win years. in chapel hill on saturday <laughs> so i mean if it makes you guys feel any better um like if there's a team that is like used to getting the football pulled away it's carolina <laughs> um, <laughs> like carolina football is, is is very much that anyway too so like they and they're coming off like this is their first win over an in-state FBS team in like three years, um, like which is bad. <laughs> it's and so you're saying they're going to be overly confident? They, well, I'm saying they might be like emotional, right? Like they've handled that pretty well all season long, weirdly. But like they, you know, they could be overly emotional, whatever. Um, you know, so I don't know. You, right. you, you got that going for you. Well, let's hear it, Lauren. What's your prediction? Okay, uh, I'm thinking Virginia because uh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's how i pick makes, which makes sense <laughs> okay <you know? laughs> excellent caroline well now i'm nervous to pick virginia well i know you won't so that's fine we won't have a sweep <laughs> um no i think you know what screw it to pick them i think virginia's gonna win in a close one it's gonna go like every other um every other coastal game that unc plays in it's gonna be close it's gonna be stressful it's gonna suck and hopefully the weather's not bad all right, yeah, I'm gonna pick a loss, which probably means the Who's will win. Um, so, but I gotta roll with that because the the losses for Carolina this year are relatively close ones against. I, don't, I hate to call Tech good, but they played really well in that game. To I me, said, you know what I mean? Decent to good, decent yeah. to good teams. Everybody, even Miami. Happy like, State's everybody. great. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, I I just think their resume has shown that. Uh, Right now, they're probably the better team, and they're playing at home, and UVA is uh, really just struggling just to execute on offense, and you got to do that on the road. So 
thus concludes our predictions. We'll see what happens. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Anytime. Absolutely. And we'll be back soon to hopefully talk about uh, the who's being in the front seat for the Coastal. But uh, until then, uh, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. And go Hoos. <laughs>